0: Hello and welcome to our Women on a Mission podcast, the online destination for women and men who want to create a life that they truly love, one without limits, one with more balance, more self belief, and endless possibilities for the future. I'm your host, Deborah Craig. I'm an intuitive life mentor and hypnotherapist. And every week, I'll bring you guest experts, individuals with lived experience, and of course, I'll share client case studies so that you can experience some of the best ideas and solutions to help you solve real life problems so that you can live a happy and healthy life and of course, become the best version of yourself every single day. You see, I've found that to reach our full potential in our careers, relationships, our health goals, and in life, we must take a look at what's going on on the inside of ourselves as this is where the change really starts. I hope you enjoy the podcast and remember, leave feedback and comments so that I can continue to bring you content and guests that truly help you become the best version of yourself so that you can live a life that you love. Enjoy the show. and welcome everyone to this week's episode of the podcast with me, Deborah Craig and guests. So this week I have a fantastic uh, guest and expert in her field of inner calm and inner peace. And her name is Amanda O'Rourke and I will give you a little introduction and then I'll bring her on. She is um, a coach that specializes in working with high achieving women. In business, on bringing inner calm. Now, the purpose of this, she's going to go into in a bit more depth. um, But this topic for me is actually really important because anyone that knows what I do in my business, the core parts are if you have balance in your life, that inner peace and balance, you couple that with some rock solid belief, then you can broaden your horizons and become, do, have anything you want in life. So, this uh, episode today I think will bring a lot of value to those that want to understand a little bit more about how to bring more inner peace and balance through the stories and client work that we will share with you today so Amanda I would love to have you joining us today if you'd love to join right now hello Deborah. it's lovely to be here thank you so much Amanda Um, if you want to come on camera that would be brilliant might Excellent. That That's great. Thank you very <laughs> much. So um thanks very much for joining. Um, I've gave a very brief, short introduction in what you do. There is so much more to it, including the fact that you uh, work with business coaching, NLP practitioner, um, and many, many other things, including a colorful background, a bit like myself, having corporate background, then moving into a brand new field. And I would love for you to just share, if you wouldn't mind with the audience, a little bit about where you were before and what you were doing and and how you transitioned into doing what you're doing right now and perhaps even where you see that going towards the
1: future okay so um gosh I'm gonna do this really quickly otherwise I'll be here for hours (laughs) (laughs) telling my life story so um I jumped from corporate after 18 years into uh having my own business I I I I'm quite an impulsive person. So once I decided that I needed to change, I, I kind of I'd take action really quite quickly. Um, so I, I did a little bit of research beforehand and I bought into a franchise. Um, and then I, I, when I stepped into that, I decided right from the start, I think, that I was going to do that for 10 years and then do something else. It was almost like it was me sort of pre-formatting my own destiny. It was it was bizarre the way my thinking was at that time. Um, and then what I learned in those 10, 15, 11 years was was um, such a big deal for me now, really thinking back and it's shaped what I'm I'm now doing because being uh, an entrepreneur, being in business, is quite stressful or it can be. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I developed along the way was chronic anxiety um, and that manifested for me in in the form of waking up very early in the morning, um, not being able to sleep, waking up in the middle of the night, not being able to sleep and all of these things had a sort of catastrophic effect on my mental health um, and I found myself being very clumsy, which is a symptom of not not having enough sleep, but also being snappy and not very um, nice to be around personally, mm-hmm. is is what my assessment would be. Um, and so I, I got to a point probably about three years in when I know I just had to change. Uh, there was something wrong and I knew that it was down to me to change it. And I think that was quite insightful now looking mm-hmm. back, because often we can and and I did blame other people for what was going wrong. So I decided that I couldn't control anybody else; I c- could control me and what was going on. And this is really kind of central to now what I do with my clients. It's taking responsibility, yes. and it's actually owning what's what's good and what's bad in your life, and seeing where you are connected to that and how you've brought that to you or how it's come about. Um, and I think once people can can actually sense that responsibility, and it gives them the power back. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they realize that there's there's you know there's much more. Control that they have that they didn't realize, um, and so what happened then was 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 really quite amazing for me. Was I, I learned to be more compassionate for everybody, but mostly for myself. Um, I stopped judging so harshly myself and others, and this compassion just grew and grew. And and I think that really then centered in this feeling of calm within me, where I felt that whatever happened around me, I'd be okay. Yeah. And that was a really big formative point in my life, I think. Um, and believe you me, some awful things were happening. And you just kind of, it, it's almost like you're in this middle of this storm. And I always think it's like being the eye of the storm. You're very calm. All of this stuff's going on outside of you. But you remain really solid and fixed and anchored in in your belief that everything's okay. And you will be okay. Um and so like about sort of three years before I sold my business, I decided coaching was the way I wanted to go because I could see how transformative it had been with the people I worked with. Um, and definitely, you know, you said off camera that calming people down was like a your superpower, mm-hmm. even before you started hypnotherapy. But for me, it wasn't that, you know, I was the one adding fuel to the flames, basically. I was really not the, the calming influence. So for me, it was a massive transformation that I was there being the person who was calming everyone down. And I, I actually loved the fact that I could have that influence on people. Mm-hmm. So to me, going to coaching was not only to help people realize that for themselves, but to be that, that uh, embody that sense of peace and that sense of calm for people around me. So they could actually then see it's possible. And I think, I think that's the thing, I think that embodying something for someone else does, it gives them that the aspect of possibility that they maybe have not seen before you know maybe they're in a situation where it's it's very opposite end of the spectrum to peaceful and calm so they don't witness it It's not in their life and I just want to see that I want to show people that it's totally possible for them for me for everyone I love that that you were saying there about
0: the influence that it has on other people. I talk sometimes, and actually I think someone else in one of my other episodes in the podcast were mentioning about the ripple effect. Yeah. So you being that central sort of calm being in the centre, and even when the chaos is going on around about you, actually just in my previous podcast, we're talking to someone about neuroscience, and we're talking about how we... Without even realising it, our own emotional state, our own outward behaviours and actions or the vibe that we are giving off can actually be really influential to those around us. So, for example, you know, if you are a highly stressed person all the time and then you are around someone who isn't, it doesn't take long for that stress and for that anxiety, anxiousness, worked up feeling to actually impact others around you. So what you're talking about is actually flipping that on its head. And I love that because you created, you became aware of, I don't want to be this person that's living in this chaos. I'm responsible for my own actions. And I actually want to be taking ownership of not just myself, but how I can help other people influence how they're feeling. And it's so interesting because I feel this way, like in my own connections, I could go into a a stressful environment now. And two things happen. One is I can work to diffuse it in a natural way that doesn't feel like, I'm I'm judging anyone, or sometimes it's just the language patterns, the tone, you just bring the energy down and it comes into harmony. Or, and I'll ask for your opinion on this one as well, I might be, depending on how I'm feeling, perhaps I'm feeling a bit out of step, maybe I'm not 100% myself, I'm still good vibes, still upbeat, but maybe just not myself. I'll go into an environment where I recognise very quickly this is not helpful for me today. This is not healthy for me today. And in actual fact, being here is making me draw into myself and either go quiet or making me want to feel like I could scream at the top of my lungs because I feel angry. I'm not doing either of them, but I'm recognising that this isn't a good situation for me. I don't know if you've maybe came across that yourself in personal or working environments.
1: Yes, I mean, absolutely. You know, I've got friends who uh, can be highly stressed sometimes and I find that sometimes I cannot offer them anything because simply I'm not in the right frame of mind myself. Um, and, And I... I retreat back into myself as well. I will go very quiet because it's it's almost like they almost have to vent and get whatever it is that's going on for them out. And I would much rather encourage that than tell them to be quiet and shut up. I would much rather than, you know, get that out of their system. But I would... I wouldn't want to add anything to it so for example I wouldn't want to say oh that sounds awful you know that's almost like tell me more you know it's not helpful to them yeah. there's a great quote I always refer back to um it's an Abraham Hicks quote and he says the, the specifics of the unwanted are not helpful yeah <laughs> and yet we sometimes
0: have this natural curiosity nosiness if you want to call Mm -hmm. it to drill down into the detail because it feeds the drama the madness the chaos the whatever it is that's going on and it's really interesting that you're saying that because there's been many times um in my own experiences like personal relationships family friends whatever and i've learned a lot more to I don't know if this is the right language, but not indulge a situation Mm. by then not giving an opinion just to keep fueling the fire. Yeah. So I take the point of view, the stance of, well, if that's how you feel, that's actually okay because no one can tell you how you feel. So I'm not going to tell you that this is crazy talk unless you ask my opinion. But what I'm not also going to do is bring myself into it to become part of this
1: storyline, because it doesn't serve me. No, and I think it's a really great point you make, because I think sometimes people think that when you're not, you know, adding to the conversation, you're not supporting them. And actually, it's the opposite. Um you know, the example I can give is my husband used to listen to me vent every night when I was working in my business in the early days. And I'd go in and I'd like, you know, maybe throw him a coat on the floor and go ah, like a barking dog for about, you know, 10 minutes, you know, saying what had gone wrong. My husband said nothing. And even when I'd sort of look at him, he, he would still not say anything and a lot of people might say well that's not very you know nice of him that's not very supportive why can't he sort of say oh, you know try and make you feel better but he actually knew somehow you know he's quite brilliant in that way i guess that that wasn't going to help me in that moment and so i think that we need to almost flip a switch in our head when we think about support what does support really mean because sometimes it's just listening it's yeah. not adding to it
0: yeah and i think i think that's when you're a type of person like seeing myself like I've been in the past you know I've recognized in myself from my own upbringing but becoming the fixer it took a long time for me to step out of being the fixer to I'm a problem solver at heart that's who I that's part of how my brain works so I'm very solution focused that being said There's this awareness that's really important for me now not to find solutions unless someone is asking me for a solution. It's not the default position. Sometimes, as you say, it's just about the listening.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the thing, it's very interesting you say that because one of the things I learned early on in my coaching thing, because I'm a fixer too. It's interesting that we've got very (laughs) similar like personality patterns here, but um, is that somebody said to me early on in a coaching session that Had I told her at the beginning of the session to do the thing that she realized she needed to do, she would not have done it. But because she realized it for herself and it was the right solution for her, you know, through the conversation, she was going to go and do it and she did. Yeah. And I think it's that whole kind of awareness, I guess, that actually, what is the most helpful thing for me to do here? Is it for me to give them a solution which they may not, you know, they may not uh, use at all? Or is it better for me to talk it out with them so that they can actually realize that solution, whatever it is for themselves? And we both know that that's probably the best and most productive mm-hmm. way. We all have our own inner resources. And I truly believe this is what coaching helps and the hypnotherapy helps is we bring out what is already there in the person. Absolutely. Everything you need is within you. And I, I truly believe that when we have conversations with others they might spark a thing in you and go oh yeah I need to look at that nudge you in a direction give you something you know ha- you know give you a quote give you a tip you know anything like that but it's already within you 100% that's 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 my belief anyway you know that
0: the point that you made um about the finding your own solutions so I think you can talk to people to your blue in the face so I just recalled that. Uh, an actual, with a, a friend the other day, they shared with me how something that I'd been talking about for probably a year of knowing them, they'd never really truly implemented. So out of the blue, they, they changed their environment. They were actually away on holiday. And they messaged me to say, oh, remember that thing that you have been trying to say to me for all of this time? Now I get it. So I do think that people have to, there's a point in their life where either it gets so uncomfortable for them that they they need to make the change. Otherwise, it's you know, life isn't going to be great for them or they do something that it, it connects for them in a personal way rather than, hey, this is what I do. Do it. But when he went away and figured it out for himself and implemented it in his own way, the penny dropped. And it's like, oh, now I know what you've
1: been talking about <laughs> for all that time. That's so great. And I actually think as well, it's, it's you know, something for the listeners to bear in mind as well is that sometimes we fear breakdowns or, you know, rock bottom and, and so on. But those are the times where the gifts are open to us. That's when I had the moments where I was like, mm-hmm. I've got to do something now. This has got to change you know, and I think, you know, again, quotes, I love quotes, J.K. Rowling, you know, rock bottom was the solid foundation upon which I built my life, you know, and you just think, you know, if she can do it and that inspirational story that she shares is, it's just, you know, we've got to look at when we, when we break down, it may well be that that's our breakthrough. I couldn't agree with you more. Every
0: time since everything that I've done out in my life or, or even in my business, Every time it's got really hairy <laughs> to the point that you think that's not going to turn out or, you know, anyone looking in might go, she's crazy. That's not going to work. Or, you know, that's never going to happen. What she seems happening, you know, or, you know, I've thought, I just don't know if I can keep going. That's the moment that all of the things each time I've broken through another barrier through another level leveled up some some helps come in out of nowhere it's Mm. not out of nowhere it's about learning how to ground yourself stay in that moment stay present and have that belief that things will work out in the end and whatever's going on there's two shall pass there's one for you
1: (laughs) yeah but what you said there speaks to me of surrender it's you know it's it's when you you literally you know I give up I've tried everything I give up and it's almost like you you are sort of then handing over to whatever powers there are that that can that, that can help you and you're absolutely right those are the moments where somebody steps in and suggests something or you find yourself meeting somebody for the first time that is going to totally transform your life or It's just there's so many just different possibilities there, and I I like to think there's infinite possibilities, Mm -hmm. which is why you know when when people say I give up, I never see that as a bad thing because I just think actually you just wait now and see what happens.
0: Well, I I can remember actually it was I think it was uh, Christmas last year, so a while ago now, but there was just a few things going on, you know, where my business was going, different things like that, and you're just talking about that word surrender. And I actually remember going to my bed about two or three nights in a row. I wasn't crying, nothing like that. I mean, actually, things were OK. It's just not where I'd hoped it would be with certain things. And I remember going to my bed saying, OK, I surrender. Whatever it is that you have planned for me, I'm going to sit down now. I'm not going to hustle. I'm not going to push. I'm not going to scramble. I've done loads of that. I've done loads of work. I'm just going to sit back. And I remember that it was about, I think it was nearly the whole month of December. I actually spent a lot of time helping my sister's a craft. She does crafting. she could craft clubs and whatnot. And she does uh, uh, stalls, you know, festive stalls because of our wares. And I actually remember helping her on a couple of them. One of them I ran with my other sister. And in that, taking myself out of it and just completely surrendering a whole flurry of ideas came in Mm -hmm. and a whole surge of energy flowed through me and I hit 2022 with a fire in my belly and a plan of action to get things moving and yes here we are almost one year on and where I wanted to be last year was where I am now and where I am now, I'm looking forward to where I want to go next. But I just reflected on that recently when I heard the word surrender, and I thought, oh God, I said that so many times in that phase. And I think it's so valuable. Just let go. You try and try and try and try and try and You've put all your efforts in, just stop, let yeah. it be, and then yeah. see what comes back to you.
1: And it so reminds me of the conversation we had off camera as well, which was about flow and about letting things. know common like there's a great analogy i was reading the book yesterday about being the water because water flows you know and it'll flow downstream and and you go with it and actually water has no you know sort of no consciousness about its direction and it has no consciousness about the outcome that it wants either where where's it going you know it doesn't really care so it's almost like you know embodying that sort of sensibility really but also i think um there's a great, again, another great analogy about the, when we are pushing for something to happen, or struggling, or or wanting something desperately to happen. Uh, again, Abraham Hicks used this analogy of being a cork in the ocean or cork in the in the river. And the, the, if you leave a cork to to uh, to itself on the river, it'll bob, you know, safely downstream. But if you push it under the water, it won't get anywhere. But the minute you let it go, which is the you know the surrender. Mm-hmm is it'll just bob back up to the surface and then, you know, on its way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a great analogy to show how sometimes we push, push, push for something, thinking it's in our control, when actually, you know, the only thing we have got control of is our own ability to respond. Um, And and I I think that's where I learned hugely in my business is that that was where my power was in how I reacted, not only to the people who were maybe causing me grief, but in myself as well, because it's one thing to say I'm calm and a different thing altogether to actually be calm and feel it. Well, there's the, so let's
0: differentiate that then. So how, what, what sort of, um, on your journey, because you've been in a place where calmness was not present all the time and then you've managed mm-hmm. to find, now I'm sure, correct me if I'm wrong here, but even as a calm person myself, I have my moments where I have to take my deep breaths, but I do know how to regulate myself. I know how to, as we've discussed, take myself out of situations that I know are not going to be helpful for me based on how I'm feeling. Um, What are some of the ways or insights on your own personal journey or even that that you've shared with clients in personal, Cam, that have been able to bring you into that place of more sort of peace and calm state so that you can actually live with more ease,
1: I think there's two things. I think it's a learning about you know judgment, self judgment, and judgment of others, and also about knowing um, that emotions are fine. And I think the the thing is with me is that I I judged myself harshly if I felt a certain emotion. If I felt angry, I would judge myself. Well, you shouldn't feel that way, like, you know. And you tell yourself a story around it and make yourself a bad person as a result. So what I would say to anybody listening is all emotions are valid Mm -hmm. and it is okay to feel down one day and great the next, and that's perfectly normal. And I think that if you can embrace your emotions as indicators, just as signposts as how well you're doing today or what's going on for you, you know, really dig into that emotion. Why am I feeling this way? Not in a critical or judgmental way, but in a way of discovering what you can do to resolve it, if anything. Um, so rather than see emotions as good emotions and bad emotions, just see them as all on a on a scale, and you know they're all valid. And we're here for all of it. That's the thing I would like to say as well: is that we're not here to just have a happy, joyful experience. We're here to, you know, for the highs and the lows. And actually, you know, sometimes as we've both talked about already, the lows are the points where you have the oh my god realizations, and then all of a sudden everything becomes clear. So. That so is there's, it, there's no light without dark and vice versa yeah so yeah that's right but I think as well as 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 you grow and as you can kind of calm yourself more and more the good and the bad doesn't isn't as distinct as it once was so you realize there's a point to sadness there's a point to fear there's a point to you know all of the all of the ones we would say are negative mm-hmm. um and I've always it's really extraordinary because I always recognize that anger needed to be out rather than in because we all know somebody who's always angry, don't we? And, and it's because they've never allowed themselves to express it. So I would say, you know, if you're in a, in a safe environment and you're not going to harm anybody else and you're angry, express it, get it out of your body. Because guess what? If you don't, it'll stay and it'll fester and you'll get ill. And that's the thing that I, I learned along the way is I became ill as a result of harbouring my emotions, mm-hmm. keeping them in, um, not saying how I felt. And it has, you're right, physical
0: ramifications because the mind and body are one. So mm-hmm. if we don't express and let things out, then create that dis-ease in our own body. But also, um, you were just the, 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 the idea there that. Um, this I was thinking about this too shall pass thing again that I mentioned earlier Mm. it made me think of a wee story I don't know if you've you'd seen it on um it was on I think it was like a YouTube short or something like that and you talking about how you know it's, it's okay to feel how we feel because that comes and goes and I, I, read, I saw this, it's funny how you read some things and you watch some things and it, you just don't retain it. And then out of a million things that you see or read, you, <laughs> there's some that you just don't let go. And this was one of them. And it was a, a, a group of famous actors and they were all sitting together. And one of them, I just don't want to say it on the camera, I don't know if it would have an impact on the podcast thing, but um, he actually had said that the biggest lesson that he'd learned was, Um, You know that day when he was going up to collect an Oscar so Or maybe say the day that he was feeling really bad Really down in the dumps He's like, I would remember, you know This too shall pass Mm. And then I'll remember the day that I was going up collecting my Oscar And in that moment I thought Yeah, this too shall pass too (laughs) Because it's never always going to be Award winning, Oscar winning moments But it's also not always going to be depths of despair and feeling low it's it's just recognizing that it's okay as you say to feel the way you feel in that moment without judgment without even adding a story to it it just is and then once we acknowledge that and allow ourselves to express that out as you talk about releasing that out of ourselves whether it's through words physical movement maybe we need to go to the top of a hill and shout at the top of our head whatever it is just to release that out of ourselves then we can regain control back over our own mind and we get to then you mentioned it earlier
1: respond instead of reacting to any situation in life yeah yeah and I think that's key I mean the, I love the, the story you tell there because for me that's all about being present So when you say this too shall pass, you are acknowledging the present moment and how you are feeling. And I think that that is key and central to to really honing your inner inner calm is is noticing this perfect present moment that you have because this is your creative space. This is all you have. Your past is gone. Your future's not there. It doesn't exist according to some people, which which is a great way to look at it is because all you will ever have is this present moment, and I think if if we can make that this present moment as best we can, and acknowledge what we feel right now, and know that it won't always be like this, there's much power in that.
0: Completely agree and the
1: the feeling that it it
0: does come and go, and it's not fixed. And all we actually the word that you used there it jumps into my mind was when you said notice. Mm. This is what a lot of people don't do. They're not aware. They don't notice that their body is in dis-ease if they're stressed, they're overwhelmed, they're angry. They don't notice that perhaps their behaviour is having an impact on other people because how they're projecting outwardly. But they might notice that they're not having great connections with people. They might notice that things aren't going their way but the thing is a lot of people don't tie the two things together and think hmm, maybe some part of this could also be me so maybe if I was different and, and not different as a person but the way that I think and feel and act perhaps this might have different outcomes for me and my connections my relationships my situations which then has a whole new reality on your version of life because it's easy to get caught up in that story of nothing's going right for me Mm -hmm. and I think
1: noticing it was just
0: such a perfect word there so yeah I just started to
1: point that out thank you I mean one thing I would say is you know to become the observer of your own life is is the most transformative thing you can do I think is to, to become the person who notices more than reacts and responds. And I think the one thing that um, I learned along the way was was actually, and, and this is quite a painful realisation, I have to say, is that if I didn't take notice of what was going on, I would project it. I would project it out and it would display in front of me in terms of you know a scene where somebody's having an argument or and I would be super critical of it go look at her what does she think she looks like or you know and it's awful to admit but actually what I was noticing was what I didn't like about myself
0: yes (laughs) that's so key it's um, things that bother us are usually a reflection of something that's going on inside of us Um, and that's where it roots in and maybe resentment and jealousy and anger and all these types of things that come up based on the fact that actually we are not aligned to the person that we probably want to be so instead of looking at ourselves which most people don't want to do because it's quite a difficult job because then you need to once you see it if you have the courage to dig deep you then have a choice do i stay where i am Mm. or do i make a change Because when you don't make a change, you end up in mental torture up here because you know that you're being someone else when you've got your ideal self that you're trying to be. So you're caught between the two. So a lot of people, it's safer to just stay as they are and have the life that they are without actually doing anything about it. Um, That's certainly a lot of the experiences that I've had in my connections in life. But it's what I noticed that's different about the people that come on and work with me. They've made a decision that as much as it scares the bejesus out of them to do it, and they're they're nervous and, and they're vulnerable and they're courageous all at once, they're ready to live the life they want to live, not the life that they've accepted as all that can be. So they're ready to take that look at themselves
1: yeah you're absolutely right as well it's 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 totally uncomfortable it's really painful in places to you know and and we go back to what we said at the start which is about taking responsibility it's owning it knowing it's your responsibility to to make the change but we get comfortable you know we we get into yeah. a we get into a point in our lives perhaps where things are okay you know nobody's getting harmed we're all you know swimming along quite, quite nicely but I think deep down, human beings we naturally have this urge for more, mm-hmm. and it's whether we reach for it or not, and it's whether it with whether it there's a calling within us for it. And I think most of the people I I mix with will acknowledge that there that it's there, but whether they would take the action to do anything about it, it is it, yeah. is that painful step too far for them. And that really resonates on our own personal journeys where we've
0: made some significant transitions. And I should point out to the viewers, this is not about thinking about starting a business, about quitting corporate. It's not about that because your calling could be something completely different. There could just be a part of you that has the strongest desire within you to be the best version of you, to create the family home life that you that you so desire, where it's harmonious and you communicate well and there's great relationships, interpersonal, personal relationships. Maybe that's what's the uttermost important thing to you. But it comes to a point where you're making a decision of, well, what do I need to do to make that how it is rather than just staying with what's familiar? Because although it's maybe not great all the time, at least I know how to operate within this environment because you may be used to operating in that environment. But it doesn't mean to say that's the best it can be. It's always room for a little bit of improvement in any aspect of your life.
1: I think it's it's to do with uncertainty, isn't it? It's you know you know Joda Spencer talks about a predictable. Uh, past, a predictable future. So basically, we operate from our past and the way that we have always done things, we will get a very, very predictable future. And if we don't want that, then we're looking at uncertainty. We're looking at the unknown. And that's frightening. A lot of people, you know, we saw it in COVID, we didn't know what was going to happen. And people were freaking out. And I, you know, totally understand that. Because you, you just don't know where the world's going to go, and that's frightening on a global scale. It was mm-hmm. it was terrifying for some people, but I think when you look at your life and you think, well, what do I want? Do I want this life, which I know how it's going to go, or do I want something that could be spectacular? You know, and there's a there's a, a story I remember re- um, listening to a lady talking about her her rowing experience. Um, Ros, uh, I can't remember her surname um anyway she was saying that when she decided that she needed to change her life she wrote herself two obituaries now this is quite an extreme 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 process so i wouldn't necessarily recommend it but she basically wanted to see what her life could be like so she explored it in the unknown scenario that's actually
0: a a donald miller the marketing
1: strategist that's one of his ones to do yeah 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 and i mean this this was just for her, it was an extraordinary change to her because she had a very, very sort of mainstream life. And then she went off to row round all three oceans in the world, you know. So you think, wow, that's just, you know, such a different adventurous life that she could have missed out on. Well, I definitely, and, I did it once. I wrote it out because I was following some of the principles of the Donald
0: Miller's marketing strategies. And um, yeah, that's what he suggests, write out what... People will say about you when you're Mm. not here. And it's an interesting one because you put in all your dreams. You put in that you've wrote multiple best-selling books. You, you know, you've got all these things, and you think, well, what am I doing today that's going to take me towards that? Now, these are my goals. Everyone's goals are different. So if even goal, a goal for you is just to feel good about yourself and in balance in life, well, what are you doing today that can take you closer to what that goal looks like? What would be like your number one sort of tip or the best suggestion you could give to the audience that helps them with that, bringing that sort of more peace and calm into their life?
1: I think it's about about mindfulness. Um, I know it's an overused word and people can sometimes roll their eyes when when they talk about mindfulness, but I just think it's about you know, taking time to acknowledge the present moment. And actually, um, the more you can be present here now and less worrying about the past or anxious about the future, that's where you can be more calm. And actually, the, the the knock-on effect of that is huge because it is like a domino effect. The more you can be calm now, the more you'll be calm in the future. And it just, it just grows and grows. And I think the thing that I noticed was, you know, I, I went from a point, from saying, I am calm, to not feeling calm at all underneath it. And you could actually hear it in my tone of voice, you know, it's like, I am calm, you know, gritted teeth, <laughs> to actually thinking, gosh, I'm calm, I, I, I'm not reacting to this, this is crazy because, and that's, what you know, and, and I'm hoping, I'm sharing that as a kind of inspiration for others that you can totally get there. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I promise you, it's 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 something that you just have to hone. So it is about daily practice. Yes. And I think that can take the form of anything where you can be mindful. So it can be a sport. It could be a walk in the park. It could be petting your cat or your dog. You know, it, it's anything where you can really sink into the moment and be there right in it with that, you know, whatever it is you're doing. Um, 100% agree with you.
0: Um, I would suggest that people spend some time away from their devices. Yeah. because they're automatic stressors because it's full of stuff, messages and texts and emails and, and apps and things that can be quite triggering. So maybe setting some time aside each day to just go device free and give yourself that space because I did it. I had a digital detox, a full three days when I went on holiday a couple of weeks ago. And it was, I never missed my phone at all, which really shocked me. And I've not managed to have the same level of discipline that I did when I went away. But I'm working towards that because I know how good I felt and how much I didn't actually care about my phone. Yes, And actually there wasn't a strong desire to switch it on. It was just happening because I was going back home and I was using it for sat-nav actually. So I think... Having that longer periods where you don't have to be away for three days, but periods in the day where, as you talk about being more mindful, so get out and do something, but maybe leave your phone. Maybe, maybe just don't talk to anyone when you go out, don't listen to music, maybe sit in silence in in a nice space in your home and read 10 pages of a book. Educate yourself whilst you're relaxing at the same time. So repetition you're right is key i follow a miracle morning type thing every day um i'm not perfect some days i don't do it religiously to the letter but every day i do something of it most days i do all of it 30 minutes where i have gratitude um i have educational reading do some um meditation some affirmations a little dance because i'm part of a group so it's not just me being crazy on my own um or You know, anything that you find that is what you would need to to create that more. Set yourself up for a better chance to have a better day. So start the day off well, if you can, minimise the distractions. And as you've talked about yourself, just acknowledge those moments to say, I'm going to just bring my focus right now to this thing that I'm doing in this moment. I'm not going to think about what's been and gone. I know I don't know what's happening in a week's time. So let me just look at what's in front of me right now, What what's going on, and hone in and none that. And as you say, that eventually becomes a habit. Yes. And then the thing that was before, and you shock yourself, because I've been there, so I recognise that, and you go, oh, I'm not responding in the same way anymore, reacting. So it does transition if you just stay committed to it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I, th- I think, you know, what you said about the phones really resonated with me as well. I used to leave my phone at home when I went on holiday. Um, when I was in my business, I'd leave my business phone at home and it made such a huge difference to me. And and you, like you say, in the mornings, if you can leave your phone first thing in the morning so that you don't touch that first. um and then do something like meditation, and that you'll find that far more useful. But even if you don't, you know, like meditation, or if you can't, you know, just can't get your head around it or do it, set an intention for the day. Mm. And you can do that very easily by before you even get out of bed, go, you know, today's going to be a good day. I did
0: that. That's mm. <laughs> yeah. one of mine, absolutely. And even on the hard days, I, I sometimes wake up, and if, if I'm struggling with something, I'll, I'll say out loud, today will be a great day because I don't know what opportunities are going to come my way. I can mm. go and look at my phone and see an email and it's an opportunity or I have an idea that creates an opportunity. And I say this out loud to myself to affirm that the day could go any way that it takes me. And it hasn't not ha- it, doesn't, it isn't preset from the moment I open my eyes that it's not going to be good. It's full of opportunities to go any way that it takes it. So feeling the ebb and flow of the day as much as the ebb and flow of life. Oh, Amanda, I've loved having you on. I could stay on here for hours, probably talking about this with you today. But what I would like to do is I'd love for you to share with the audience um, how you work with clients and if they're interested in going into, I know you have a 12-week program and you also have one-to-one coaching. And if anyone is interested or open, curious, What is the best way for anyone to reach out to you personally?
1: So I'll answer that that last question first. So my website is happycoach.co.uk, which hopefully, you know, people can get why. Um, And the way I work with clients is I've got a, like you say, I've got an online school, which is called Serenity Success School, all about creating uh, inner peace. But it's also more about addressing behaviours and and issues that might be creating um, dissonance in your life. Um, and I work with clients one to one. We usually work on a three month, six month basis. Um, anybody interested in that can reach out to me via my website.
0: Brilliant! And I'll put all the links into the description when the podcast goes live. But um, you heard it here first. So thank you so much for having you on. You've given us brilliant tips. We've shared loads of stories, a lot of great insights, and yeah, thank you very much. And. I- Pretty sure I'll have you back on again in the future because this is really insightful. So thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Deborah. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you've taken away something valuable, even a golden nugget that will help you move forward with your life so that you can become the best version of yourself and really have that life that you love. So I will see you back here every Tuesday. A new episode will be released, same time, same place. And if you want to sign up so that you're notified when these new episodes are live for you to listen to, then all the details will be in the description. So thanks again, and I hope you enjoyed the show, and I'll see you again next week.
1: Bye-bye.